On today's show, learn the top 10 KPIs to properly run your HVAC business. Before we roll in today's show, if you're not signed up for any events, whether that's in person or virtual, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity.com and get signed up. All right, let's get going with today's show on the top 10 KPIs with the one and only Mr. Gary Ellix. I always like to start off this conversation with, you know, the, 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 the basis of uh, what is a KPI and what's the difference between a KPI and a, say a metric or a goal. And the best metaphor I can use since I'm on a bit of a weight loss program right now. And, and by the way, I can tell you that having been down at, uh, in the Hurricane Ian, Fort Myers, uh, Cape Coral, Sanibel area for the last four days, uh, without food, without water and without power, um, a couple of things happen. So one, you begin to appreciate what we do for a living, which is, you know, provide comfort for people. That perspective changes when you get down there and it's, you know, 85, 86 degrees and you're on a roof and uh, and you really understand, you know, what air conditioning does for us in terms of making, you know, people happy, healthy and comfortable. IEQ is another good example, humidity control. And so those things are out down in that zone. Uh, the second thing is weight loss. You know, so I've, I've, the benefit of this is I lost five pounds. Uh, it's a tough way to do it, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that you go, oh, well, Hey, well, how does that relate to this discussion? And so, you know, through COVID, I, I was able to gain my COVID 15. And so I've I set this target to, okay, say, I want to, I want to get back down to my normalized weight where I feel pretty good. And so that's a 15 pound loss. Well, you know, you would say, well, the KPI is let's call it 157 pounds and let's say a 10% body fat. And those would be KPIs that we would say, okay, that's optimization. That's really where, you know, the, the best health exists. Um, you know, so if you're at 171 uh, or 172 and, and that's not optimized, the first metric or goal would be to establish, well, uh, you know, 15 pounds is, is the long-term goal and that's the blueprint. Uh, but I want to establish some metrics inside of that. So maybe the first five pounds becomes the metric. So how do I go from 172 to 167? And then how do I go from 167 to 162? And then how do I go from 162 to the 157? So metrics are literally, you know, points of reference along the continuum of the goal setting process. So if the goal is minus 15, the KPI is 157 at 10% body fat. And the metrics are those measurement processes that extend us down the line of getting to that actual goal, achieving that goal. So as, as we talk to TMs, we talk to district managers, regional managers, division vice presidents, presidents, et cetera, you know, that's, that's a concept that everybody in the organization needs to embrace and understand. I think one of the things contractors need to do, you know, when we're doing the budgeting classes, understand the difference. It's very easy to look at the KPI chart and say, well, gosh, I don't know how I ever made money. I'm not on these KPIs at all. You know, I hear that a lot in the budgeting classes. And what we try to explain is that has nothing to do with, you know, being able to make money. It has everything to do with optimizing the way you make money and optimizing the profitability. So I think when you're coaching your contractors uh, or even within the Ferguson organization, you know, as you're looking at your organization, um, you want to establish goals. You want to establish metrics that begin to prove what's happening is a good process. And then you want to have KPIs that tell you, great, I have reached this place and I feel like I'm in an optimized position. Now, that doesn't mean we can't do better than the KPIs. You know, having having been a director, 
of the commercial products division for a manufacturer, you know, 350 million was was a nice number, but the you know the goal was let's get it to 500 million and then let's get it to a billion. And so the long term vision of that, you know, it continues to change. So KPIs are not static; they do adjust. Uh, so again, the stuff I sent you was the 2023 uh, version that's updated. Obviously, we've seen cost changes as well. So as price increases occur at the contractor level, so too do the numbers need to adjust. Uh, also of note, uh, the difference between a KPI and a metric is KPIs don't care about geographic zones. Um, they don't care about um, the size of the contractor. Um, none of that really matters because the data is driven through percentages and it's been vetted over geographic zones, including US and Canada. And so it, it, you know, just the currency difference could have a little bit of impact in terms of how you look at things. But the reality is, is if labor is supposed to be at 9% or less of residential change out, it's 9% or less no matter where you are because the pricing is going to accommodate that based on the marketplace. So if it was a dollar amount, that would be a little more tricky. So let's move on to the next uh, slide. Um, really want to drive home the concept of how KPIs are used inside of a business, what this top 10 actually does for us. So the first thing we're always going to want your contractors to do, small, medium, scaled, private equity, doesn't matter. Uh, they have to understand how to use the tool. Uh, so the vision of the company and the business philosophies and the core values, all those business planning issues are out there. So what we then want to do is we really want to understand how to set the company goals. So when I start thinking about what my company goals are, if I'm an 8% EBIT uh, and perhaps I want to sell to a private equity group or perhaps I want to transition to my kids or I just want to double my business, I need to understand how to set those goals. So we're going to establish a goal for the company in each of these verticals, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, indoor air quality. Uh, you know, we're in the sewer and drain business as well. So all those are going to have very specific goals. What we want to do is we want to ask some questions about what's happening in the process. And that's really where a TM can get very uh, structured in terms of how does Ferguson bring the dealer development, uh, their, your tools that you have in your toolbox. Uh, if you're in California or Washington or Oregon, you've got some programs that are tied to the government and the utilities that are you know, basically electrifying and decarbonizing what's going on. Those are all great uh, questions that you begin asking that tie to sales process, pricing, et cetera. And that matches up with KPIs. So then what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to get the dealers to organize that and, and break it down into buckets. A, B, and C is you know, how we teach it to try to keep it as simple as possible, sort of the KISS method. The basic idea here is the contractor is going to see lots of gaps when the TM and Ferguson you know, as an organization is asking them questions about what they want, what their vision is, where they want to go. So the KPIs are the evidence that we can improve what's going on. And so that sets us up for the idea of all right, what do we need to do differently? So the, the contractors that I'm used to working with, and most of the time, you know, when we're acquiring a business, most entrepreneurs are action-oriented people. Uh, they are ready, fire, aim individuals. And that's part of their success pattern. That's part of what got them to this place. Um, the evolution of that is, you know, having a budget, having a financial plan, understanding costs and pricing, and being able to understand where to debit and credit. Uh, so I'm gonna introduce the first tool here, which is being sent to you, which is the budget tool. And so this is a spreadsheet on the budget. 
So when we refer to a KPI and we say, well, one of the top 10 KPIs is in fact gross profit dollars per day or per hour, the first question that a lot of contractors are going to ask are, well, how are we calculating that number? So you would simply be able to look at the cost of goods sold and say, this is a tool that shows you the standard for how we're going to, to create costs. And we're going to look at parts and equipment and labor and fringe benefits. And so this would be a classic example where most of the contractors in the United States just don't have their fringe benefits attached, you know, to the labor. So they have labor, you know, obviously that's what's going on, but they don't have the benefit structure attached to it. So in my company, 31 cents uh, benefit costs go for every dollar of labor. So that means it's a dollar 31 to produce one hour of labor essentially in terms of what happens. So if I miss the job and I go two hours instead of one or the service call, et cetera, what's happening is my gross profit dollars are declining. So I have to be able to look at the sale minus cost of goods sold, and that's gonna give me a gross profit number. So if this is the KPI, if we are not tracking this information correctly within the framework of the cost of goods sold, we got a false indicator. You know, So it's a little bit like if you're flying an airplane, and your altimeter was telling you that you were you know, 2,000 feet above ground, but really you're only 1,000 feet, that's gonna be a catastrophic problem at some point you know, when you go to land. So what we're, what we're discussing here is that the way we wanna set up the KPIs has some background to it, has some cost of goods sold charter accounts. So as part of the budget tool, what I gave to you was in the framework of this, there's a ledger coding system. So this is how we structure the cost of goods sold. You know, so things like financing that come into this discussion, uh, if we're buying a set of warranties that would come in here, of course, we, we want to pay our comfort advisors, et cetera. So there's there's structure to how we get or arrive to a place. And so some people will say, well, why not? Why isn't gasoline cost of goods sold? And the answer is because gasoline is a overhead account and it happens whether we sell something or not. And uh, so cost of goods sold moves with sale. And so GP being one of the top 10 indicators we're going to look at gets us to a place where we're on common ground. We're speaking the same language. Uh, we have the same understanding. Uh, we are discussing things in a way where we have alignment. And so that's the first discussion point, you know, inside of what that means when we start talking about asking questions, you know, how does your cost of goods sold look? You know, what, what are the cost of goods sold accounts? And then the prioritization. So we just finished a, a boot camp for Ferguson in California. Um, we had a, a great class, a very intense workshop, by the way, that, that three-day workshop. And virtually every customer in the room, I think there were pretty close to 20 contractors, and 19 of them did not have their cost of goods sold accounts correct. So that simply means the bucket of prioritization A right here is we got to leave that workshop and we got to structure our cost of goods sold accounts properly. So we're putting the costs into the right buckets. And so changing pricing is an action that everybody wants to do. But if your costs are wrong, your pricing is out of alignment. So that's a good example of this conversation. So you can't use the KPI until we actually structure the charter accounts right. And we understand how we're going to create costs and pricing. So obviously, then when we get to the point where we're going to start taking action, we'd like to go ready, fire. Uh, aim or change ready fire aim to ready aim fire. And so that brings us to the idea of, you know, this bright, bold, yellow measurement and metrics, goals, KPI dashboard. So we want to get the contractors in a position 
where the information that you give them can give them guidance on how they might want to change prices, how they might want to change the way they're managing their job flow, um, how they might want to adjust you know, their marketing practices. There's just a whole bunch of business concepts that attach themselves to the KPI and the measurement once we know it's valid. So, you know, you've I've talked about the weight loss metaphor. So I used to teach fitness way back when, when I was in college. And so, you know, the only way to really measure body fat is to do a dip. You just have to put you in water and they have to measure that. You know, the caliper process that they use in some of the offices to do this is not an accurate measurement. It just doesn't deal with the different body types. So the process of measurement is kind of a key issue, which is why I took you through the budget and the cost of goods sold. That's why you probably want to have some dealer development conversations, you know, with your customers about getting their structure right. And then that gives us the opportunity to apply all these tools properly. So I can be dipped. And, you know, my physician, now that I'm 60, he's probably going to look at me and say, you know, you really do need to lose those 15 pounds. Probably not a good idea to be carrying that excess weight. You know, you're picking up a little excess fat. Maybe you ought to get back on the treadmill. Maybe you ought to start eat differently. Maybe you should drink less whiskey, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's going to be the whole conversations. And those are all action steps, number seven, relative to the idea of what's going on from the measurements. So that whole principle of number nine, which is talking about what's going on. So I got I got to go to a physical here in a couple of months. And so I'm mindful of the idea that, you know, I've, I've gotten the action steps from the physician, gotten the discussion. You know, you're not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, I sent a note through to EGIA. And when I came back from the Ian situation, just said, well, I definitely know I'm not 30 years old anymore, getting up on a roof and putting tarps up and doing all that work for a couple of days. You know, just just the physicality of that, you know, changes how you feel and your ability to recover. So those are all adjustments, you know, so you, you have to take more breaks. You have to hydrate. You have to spend more time, you know, thinking about what you're doing. Uh, if you fall off a roof and uh, and that, you know, creates a problem, that's another problem for you because you weren't paying attention to some of the action steps that you needed in number seven. So that is the business planning process. And that's how we're going to introduce KPIs to contractors is, you know, do you want to make more profit? Do you want to sell your business? Do you want to have, you know, the ability to have more time and wealth freedom? If those are important items for you in bullet point three, then we got to talk about what you're doing in bullet point four. We have to put them in prioritization buckets. And then we have to talk about how KPIs are matching up with what you're doing. So let's take a look at what a KPI chart looked like. So again, this is a file that's coming to you. And uh, certainly it's been on EGI side. So this is a more updated version. This is residential service. So you'll notice that there's an industry KPI sitting here. And then you'll also notice that there's an opportunity for you as a TM to ask that question, well, how are you doing as a company in relationship to this place? So I know I want to be one to three. And if my company is one to two, then I understand that I have to set an action plan to be able to grow the business or grow the revenue and gross profit to get me to one to three. So this is the tool that's out there that you know we typically use when we're just having a conversation with a contractor about, well, what do you want? You want more profit? Okay, great. Let's talk about how you're producing that profit and let's talk about how we improve. So another classic GP conversation, again, in the top 10, I'm giving you a, a little micro detail here, but the 150 GP dollars per hour for service had this conversation yesterday, you know, on the way back uh, as I was driving back home from Fort Myers 
And so, you know, a contractor was at about $85 per hour GP. Again, if you're tracking your GP wrong, meaning you don't have your benefits attached to your field labor group, this number is going to be off. So, you know, we made him discuss that. And he's like, well, this is my, my GP per hour, 85. So he's, you know, almost half of where he needs to be. So that gives us an indication to say, okay, great. We're not going to hit the KPI in one year or one day or one month. Let's talk about what the goal looks like. Let's move 85 to 100 and, and let's milestone that and let's migrate our way to the KPI of 150. So when we do the top 10 KPIs, which we're getting ready to talk about, I want you to understand that metrics and milestones are the pathway to get us to the place where uh, we hit the actual optimized KPI. Most of these KPIs uh, are, uh, are uh, what I would say is the very well-run top-level companies probably have many of these KPIs already, uh, they're already hitting those targets. Uh, but most companies in the industry are not. And so that's the opportunity to be able to have that conversation. So this is the KPI charts and you can see, I'll just scroll to the right, probably not gonna be able to read the numbers, but that's not really the point of this discussion. You can just see that there are hundreds of micro KPIs. And so what you wanna be able to do is focus on the top 10 and then ask yourself the question at the contractor level when you're discussing this is we're, when we get to the place where we say, well, are we at the gross profit target that we want? And the answer is no. Then what we have to do is understand how to create an action plan and the adjustments to be able to advance ourselves, you know, to this place. And so when I say advance ourselves, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about taking my weight from 172 to 167, 167, 162, 162 to 157. That's goal attainment. That might be optimization. You put me in the dip. I'm at 10% body fat. Everybody's happy, right? Doctor's happy. Family's happy. Probably feeling better in my world. You know, more energy, all that good stuff. So I think the issue that we want to understand is that uh, set the expectation with your contractors that KPIs are the destination. Uh, and there's there's a rhythm to get to that place. Now, I'm going to show you what a scorecard looks like. Uh, this one actually is part of Aptura. Uh, Fixify, Service Titan, Successware, Stick Figures. Uh, there's an abacus in my world. I always like to tease people. And uh, my partner, you know, having a financial degree, he sent me this abacus. And uh, he's like, I know, you know, Gary will count in on the abacus with the stone. So, the, the goal here is to be able to know where you are. And so if you look at Contractor Compass, which Jamie Leichter uh, has created, he has a dashboard that's the EGI dashboard with all the KPIs embedded in this. And so his software platform is created based on the blueprint that we gave him for part of these KPIs. And so this is just a snapshot. It's a fake dashboard, of course. But you can be, begin to see that there are key business measurements in here. And so one of them that I talked about already is gross profit dollars per hour, gross profit dollars per employee. And so you can begin to see that emerging inside of the dashboard. So software does make things a little easier for us as business owners. Um, I'm not advocating anybody's software. I'm advocating that people understand that software is just like a tool. So it's just like for me, a saw, or it's just like a hammer. And it's a way for me to get to a place with a little bit more productivity. 
meaning that I can get to the information that I need to make a better decision. So we always talk about how do we make decisions. And so I'll reference this. If most contractors are using intuition, um, Harvard has done a study and they say intuition is a real thing and it counts and it's absolutely a definitive success pattern for many contractors, many business owners. Certainly you guys have used intuition in your own life. Hey, I think this doesn't pass the smell test. You know, I think my, my BS meter is up or I think this, this doesn't sound right or maybe it does. And so that's fine. Well, what we want to do is we want to combine intuition with data. And so data at the top 10 KPI levels is the contractor compass dashboard or something in service Titan. Uh, there's a, a product called Q that's marketed through contracting uh, that uh, um, uh, Ishmael from NextGen, I believe, and his team have created. All fantastic products and services, meaning that it's a tool to get you to a place where you're combining the data with your intuition. And so data plus intuition makes for better decision making inside of business. So if I'm Ferguson and I'm looking at my TM and my dealer development organization, I would be asking the question, you know, are all my contractors using a software tool that gives them the information they need structurally the way they need it? And then can they interpret it? Can they make a good decision? So they're certainly capable of making intuitive decisions or they wouldn't survive. But what I'm after is I'm after the combination of that data plus the intuition. I think you as a business, then your contractors, your community will strengthen itself. They'll sell more high efficiency products. Their pricing will be updated. They'll be more profitable. That tends to mean they pay their bills better. It also means they have the capital to grow. So those are all sequences <laughs> that being a former TM and a former sales manager and a former sales director, uh, those are all good things. I, I, I love the idea of low receivables and good collections and not really having people owe us money. And I love the idea of having my contractors organically grow and be able to acquire other businesses and continue to prosper and buy stuff from Ferguson. So that brings us to the, the next question. How do I use KPIs? So evolution does matter. Uh, what we want to do is we want to focus on the idea that, you know, there are certain places where from a KPI point of view, um, we want certain capabilities to be established. So all businesses are not created equal. Uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a half a million dollar company that's a startup, or if I'm a $2 million company that has perhaps a service manager and, and maybe a couple of technicians, or I'm a $5 million company, and uh, perhaps I have an operations manager and a corporate advisor, and as an owner, I've got you know, some staff inside that's doing the work. Um, that gives me different resources to be able to apply software platforms. So keep that in mind as we think about KPIs, because as, as a business owner, I can tell you most of the people in the room in California, they were owners and they were not putting themselves in the owner's pay uh, in the overhead. They were taking money from the EBIT. And so when we talk about the KPI of having a 15 to 20% EBIT business, um, they were accounting wrong. In other words, they were taking, they were saying, well, we are 15%, but then they would take their pay from, from the 15%, which means they're not really 15% as a business. They're, they're gaining wealth, but they're still not optimized. Second discussion is we're going to talk through some of these KPIs on the top 10 for HVAC, and we're going to drive those into micro KPIs. So I've already shown you the spreadsheets. When you get to a big KPI and it's not right, 
the next question is going to be, how do I dive in and figure out how to optimize that? What, what are the things I need to do differently? So for example, labor in residential replacement at 9% or less, we know that number. If I'm at 12%, uh, that's not catastrophic, but it's not optimized. How do I look at that extra 3% that I'm not getting optimized? And where do I find, how do I get to a place where I change process? Where do I start looking inside the business? That's what micro KPIs tell us. So we begin looking at things like, are we priced correctly? Do we have our accounting done correctly? All those types of things start emerging. That gives us that opportunity then to focus on the top 10 with micro KPIs. So again, if I need to lose weight, physical exercise is part of that process. But as I'm fond of saying, as I teach fitness, you can't outrun your fork. So if you have a bad diet, it doesn't matter how much you exercise, you're not going to achieve your objectives because your fork is bigger than your, than your ability to burn calories on a treadmill or in a weight room. So maybe you burn seven or 800 calories you know, in a good workout, uh, some HIIT training, for example, CrossFit or, or whatever, even a thousand calories. So, but if you eat poorly, meaning you have a couple of donuts, you're well over a thousand calories already. And so no matter what you're doing in terms of the physicality, you cannot defeat the fork. So you begin looking at the priorities in the micro KPIs about what are the big items that you need to knock off that begin to explore how we deal with improving a company. That leads us to managerial discussions. So we start incenting people with the idea that, all right, I'm at gross profit dollar per hour, $85. That was the you know guy I talked to yesterday in the car. And he's like, well, how do I move that to 150? And so instantaneously, we are now in the micro KPI conversation. There are about 10 different ways that 85 can be influenced to move up to 150. So we have to start asking those questions. One of those is, how are you paying your service manager? And the answer was, well, I'm paying him a salary and I give him a little bonus. Okay, so that's an, that's an action item that you would then say, okay, that's probably not the best thing to do to focus that individual on what you're trying to attain as a goal. So why don't you pay them on the gross profit dollars? Why don't you pay them on the achievement of what's going on inside of this world? And so that conversation was very simple. He's like, that's a great idea. I love that. I understand it. I don't know how to do it. Perfect. So if I'm a Ferguson representative at this point, I have the contractor exactly where I want them. They're bought in, they're aligned. Now what they need is they just need some answers. So the answers are, well, let's set up a structure that's fair. Let's set up a structure that's tied to a budget. Let's set up a structure that rewards the employee or the teammate for doing a good job, being effective for you. Let's set up shared prosperity, meaning when you win, they win, and uh, and make it fun. And so, you know, that that's an easy conversation, but obviously that's part of what EGIA has. Plenty of organizations out there offer those kinds of support. Tons of great coaches out there. You know, as a Ferguson representative, all resources are valuable to you as long as they're deployed and the contractor gets where they want to go. So that that's a good example of a real conversation that happened yesterday is, Let's talk about giving them a reduced salary, but let's pay them a, a formal gross profit pay against each month's gross profit for service. So they'll start paying attention to the monthly gross profit. So instead of paying them, you know, I'm just going to make up a number, 
$100,000 a year in salary, let's pay them $70,000 a year in salary, but pay them on monthly gross profit, which will equal $110,000 or $115,000. So give them upside. And that discussion is tied to the KPI. So the goal and the KPI is right here. The question becomes, how do we migrate it? In this case, we'll change colors here for a second. How do we get 85 to get to 100? That's a compensation target. So pay the individual some benefits for that because they have improved. And then over a period of time, continue to adjust that until we go up here. There's the obvious one, you know, which is who's in charge of pricing for service? Who's in charge of efficiency for service? And of course, the service manager is in charge of both of those. But neither of those uh, uh, compensation systems are tied to that. So again, the conversation we would have with the contractor is, well, let's investigate all those areas. And so that brings us to the transparency side of things. That contractor is like, well, how do I track that? And the answer is, well, you got to track it. So again, software will do that. Um, any of those platforms are out there. Service Titan is out in most of these companies today. Uh, certainly, there's other companies that are using different software packages. Field Edge is another one that's out there. Sarah, they're all very good at doing this. The question is, does the contractor have the chart of accounts right? And are they sharing it as a transparency number with the team and the individual? And that then brings us to the idea that now we have some structure we can start talking about the top 10 KPIs. We are, we are now in a position where we have an understanding of what the KPIs can mean on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. I'm a fan of monthly for sure. Um, I think most companies can deal with a monthly timeframe. If you start reverse engineering that to daily and weekly, you start creating admin time. So a million dollar contractor is just not gonna have the time they're probably not going to change their behavior and dedicate themselves. But a four or five million dollar contractor absolutely can and should. And that's part of the difference between how you get to be a five million dollar contractor versus a one million dollar contractor. Or if you're a larger contractor, um, like one of our businesses that you know we're affiliated with and own in, in Kansas City, it's a 50 million dollar company. Um, they're looking at this on a daily basis. That's the daily huddle. It's a conversation about what's going on from yesterday to today. Uh, it's a conversation about weekly discussions for labor, crew capacity, all those kind of cool cool things. But they've got a lot of data and their software package is, you know, service tight. It, it offers this information and it puts them in a position where they can actually interpret. And so they didn't get to 50 million overnight. You know, it took 40 years to get to that place. But they did start as a small business. And so what you do is if you want to optimize and you want to get to this place, that's how you do it. And then the last issue is just the scorecard and the meeting rhythms. How often do you talk about it? So for us, monthly is always the starting point. Let's build the habit. Success leaves clues. It leaves breadcrumbs. That monthly meeting, that monthly meeting rhythm where you're actually reviewing your KPIs, it becomes a habit. Now you can move that to a weekly conversation and ultimately move that to a daily conversation. But to be able to have something like the app tour scorecard where information is going in and it's actually producing the actual dashboard is a very powerful tool. So you could do that by hand or you could do that with software. So obviously software is going to be more efficient, but it's also going to take somebody that knows what they're doing. 
Awesome content right there as always. Now be sure to share this on Facebook. And if you're not a member, I want you to click the button below to get a 30 day free trial, which will give you access to all of our amazing content. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. And until then, my friends, bye bye for now.